Good morning, good afternoon and good evening everybody. This is Ben Morton and welcome to a very different episode of the podcast. This is what I'm currently calling the medley episode, or at least that's the current working title. It's a simple format where we have five leaders who have all previously appeared on the show, each answering the same question. In this episode, they're answering the question, how do you build and lead genuine high-performing teams? My current thinking on this new format is that we'll aim to release one of these medley episodes every four or five weeks. As this is such a new format, your thoughts and feedback are more welcome than ever. So please, please do share your thoughts with me either on social media or send them directly to me at chat at ben-morton.com. And at the same time, do feel free to suggest an alternative name to replace the medley episode for this new format. But that aside, and without any further delay, let's get on and get straight into this episode and these five amazing leaders all sharing their experience, wisdom and expertise around building high-performing teams. First up, answering the team's question is Sir James Everard, who appeared on episode 33 of the show, which is the most downloaded episode of all time, sharing his view on what makes a high-performing team. If you were to uh, cast your mind back to some of the very best teams in the military that you've either led yourself or perhaps been a member of, can you put your finger on what you would say are perhaps some of the distinguishing factors or, or traits that made them so effective? Or I guess to put the question another way is what I'm really asking is your view on what makes a truly high-performing team. People have to understand that it's not individual brilliance that matters, but the commitment by the individual to the greater good. And, you know, I use the word Jedi. These are our sort of absolute A streamers who even at a young age you can see getting to, you know, senior rank. And I've been, you know, lucky enough to have been supported by some real Jedi in my time. Uh, and were they all aware of their brilliance? I, I think they were, but they absolutely recognise my desire that they channel this to the collective good. And the ones that have gone furthest did that the best. Is that awful? Was it, you know, no I in team and all these sort of things? It's the same point, but I think, you know, people understand this when you, you can say that to any rank. Yeah, I want you to do well, but, but you know, it's your brilliance that makes us better. It's interesting. You, you mentioned there that there's no I in team. Maybe this comes with age. I'm, I'm not sure. But more and more, I, I find that so many of those cliches that get banded around and used. I think they're, they're cliches because there's a lot of truth in them. No, I think you're absolutely right. It's not training if it's not raining. You know, all these things, you'll know them. <laughs> and, and they're all rooted in some worthy point. Next up is Ivory Matthews, who is the Managing Director of Columbia and Case Housing over in the US, who appeared on episode 60 of the show, giving her very precise and on-point view on this week's leadership question. Ivory, what would you say are your top tips or some of the top tips for building a truly great team? Show your team that they are valued 
ensure that diversity, equity, and inclusion is actively a part of the culture of your organization and your team. Be honest, transparent, and always have consistent communications. Just carrying on this theme of building a great team, Ivory, is there anything else that really sticks with you about great teams from your time as, a, as an athlete that you think translates to the, to the business world or working in the, the not-for-profit sector? One of the things that I always say to my team here at work whenever we're having folk who might be uh, communicating uh, in a not-so-polite way, I always say, allow the background noise to motivate you. So it's kind of like being on a basketball court when you hear somebody cheering to stop you from making the winning shot. Concentrate more and make sure that you put all of your skills to task to make that winning basket. I love that. What a powerful reframe and way to to think differently about the situation and the noise that's going on. That's fantastic. Thank you. Let me now introduce Jane Finette from episode 67 of the show. Jane held very senior positions in eBay and Mozilla, as well as starting and running several of her own businesses. So here's Jane's take on how do you go about building high performing teams. Jane, as someone who's built many teams over the years, I'm sure, what would you say are some of your top tips for building and leading really great high-performing teams? Yeah, I love that you're asking that. And, you know, first of all, I think it starts at the very beginning. So when you are hiring the team, uh, Jim Collins would always talk about, do you have the right people on the bus, you know? And so it's ages old now, but I really believe that's true. Um, I know when I was working at Mozilla, we, we made this very big intentional shift when we were hiring to make sure that we were not hiring for cultural fit absolutely not doing that and that rather we were hiring for values fit and you know that that's that can be complicated right because uh, your value of relationship might look different to mine um that it's worth the investigation and um so first of all yeah making sure that your people are values aligned is for me number one let's start there and then certainly i think uh, i've always worked to build uh, relationships with every single person who's worked with me. And that has been taboo in the corporate world forever. Thankfully, I think in the last years, is, it, it looks a little different, thankfully, with our younger generations demanding it, which I love. But certainly, if you don't know your team, I don't know how you can really work together. So I, um, I'm not in their lives like, what did you, you know, what did your aunt do last week? But I'm, I'm like, who, you know, What's going on with you? Who are you? And I'm curious and I want to know them as human beings. So we must um, develop relationships with our people. And by doing that, we create a level of trust, connection, where I think difficult things can be talked about. Um, We can celebrate. um, But if we don't have relationships, what on earth do we what on earth do we have? What are we doing here? Um, And then finally, around learning. It's important to be developing new skills and so on. But if we also 
aren't willing to look backwards and see, examine our mistakes and our failures and doing that collectively as a team, then it's very hard to be creative and take risks going forward. So creating an environment where failure, that it's it's okay if we're going to learn from it, yeah, and that we're all going to learn from it. Because I think that's what ultimately what you need. You need values, you need uh, connection, uh, and you need to create a safe space where people are willing to fail. And then that will get you very, very far. Yeah, I, I love that, especially the piece around connection. It just resonates so deeply with with my view. So many listeners to the show, when I started my career in, in the British Army, and the one thing that was drummed into me again and again and again in training was get to know your soldiers, get to yeah. know your soldiers. If you're going to ask them to in that world, ultimately put their life on the line. They would only do it if they felt that you knew them as a human being. They'd never do it because you ordered them to. It would be because they knew you knew them as an individual. You saw them as individual and you cared about them ultimately because the the relationship was, was there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Then thank you for sharing that. And if I might just a small share. So, um, to, to point to this from my own experience, so my organization, the Coaching Fellowship, we're a nonprofit helping young women social change makers get access to leadership development and, and coaching. Into the pandemic, we had eight weeks of payroll in the bank, and I nearly lost the organization. And um, I had to tell the team that some funding had dropped, uh, had fallen through, and uh, we needed that money. Um, and so eight weeks of payroll. I had never been in that position before. I was going to lose a company um, and I was going to have to let them go. And we had to make a decision if we were going to run a program or not, which took six months. But the thing was with running the program, we'd have got some revenue, but we didn't know how much we were going to get. So uh, with the funding that had dropped, we were like, well, maybe 50% of people will sign up. Um, And that money was going to carry us through until the next program six months later. But there's a very big chance that we were not going to make the money. And so the money would run out before the program was finished. And the team turned around and they said to me, well, let's run the program. And if that happens, we will volunteer to see that wow. program out oh and by the way let if we're if we're going to lose coach fellowship we might as well do a big or go home so they also suggested that we stand up another program at the same time for 100 frontline women workers to get access to um situational coaching and well here i am i'm standing you know a year plus later uh, with a growing organization it was a turning point for us but it was my team that stood up and made the difference. It was not me. It was them. And uh, and that was because of the relationship that we had earned and created together for the, the years before that. So um, that's what your folk will do for you when they believe in your mission and they, you know, they love working together. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible story. Thank you for sharing. Thank you. Jane, thank you so much for sharing your top tips on building great teams. That's been amazing. Thank you very much. Thank you. And now, with even more pearls of wisdom on this question, is Leslie McGregor, Managing Director of the Health and Care Division of the Eric Wright Group. Leslie, you've got a heap of experience of building great teams and keeping them together and keeping them performing. Based on that, what would you say are some of your top tips for building and leading high-performing teams? 
The first one I would definitely say is, you know, be known to your team. Don't be that, you know, senior. If you are a senior leader, don't be that person that's not approachable and that the team are scared to be around and don't want to approach. If you have an open door policy and they feel that you're part of that team, then you're on a journey with them. And I think that's one of the most important things I've learned over the years is not to be someone that instructs, but actually it's part of that delivery process on achieving what you need to achieve. So that is definitely the first thing that I would suggest. Um, You know, we've talked earlier on as well about I do believe that you need to understand the people that work for you. You know, really understand their skill set, what they can offer. If you understand what each person can bring to your team, then you can get the best out of them, you know, and they can contribute. People come to work to feel valued, but they come to work to do a job that you've asked them to do. So it's important to understand that one, understand their strengths and weaknesses and what they can deliver. And the third thing I'd say is really identify any gaps in your team. Training is so important. You know, it really, really is. And we we promote people, we bring people into positions who, yes, one, they might have experience, but have they had the training or they might have had the training and not the experience. And I think it's really important to identify, you know, none of us are perfect. We all have gaps in our skill set. And if you can identify and actually put things in place that will allow them to become better themselves, it's not about you looking amazing and getting the best out of it. It's about them feeling valued and helping them along their career journey as well. And finally, last but not least, we have Shona Fleming from episode 69 of the show, who is the CEO of two charities, Scots Care and Borderline. Here's what Shona had to say. So Shona, you have um, led teams probably at every level throughout Scots Care on your journey to being chief executive. Um, Wanda, can you share with us, what would you say are two or three of your top tips for building and leading really great high-performing teams? First and foremost, you know, your staff are there to do a job, but that's not the be-all and end-all. You need to look after them. Um, You need to look after them in the same way that they look after the people that, you know, where where our charity is there to help. I think if you are able to authentically care for your staff, and that means spending time with them, that means taking time out of your busy schedule um, to be available, to have one-to-ones, to have proper supervision frameworks in place. You look after them and they'll look after you. You know, when the going gets tough, um, as it has um, in the past two years, you know, I can honestly say we, we went home overnight and, you know, for the first nine months, my staff used all their own gear, all their own equipment and all the rest of it without a word of complaint. We were in this together and they need to feel held as such that, you know, we are in it together. So I think look after your staff, they'll return the favour. You need to be available. And, you know, people will often say, how do you turn off? How do you switch off? How do you? Sometimes you can't. When, when you're a leader, you need to be available. You might want to sign off at four because you're going to do something. Somebody phones you with a problem. You need to take that phone call. Um, you need to put 
you need to put others before yourself, really, if you want mm, a successful yeah. team. But but you get that back. Everything that you give, and I, and I know this, you know, like 19 years in Scots Care and previous jobs as well, you know, it's treat people how you want to be treated. Honestly, it just comes back at you. And it's wonderful when it does. When you get that little email after you've sent out an old staff email and somebody says, thanks very much, you know, that's done X, Y, and Z for me or whatever. It's what you give, you get back. I'm a firm believer in that. Um, Open door policy, be authentic, don't pretend to know it all, quite frankly. Be vulnerable. I I love it, Shona. Just so much of what you've just shared in those couple of minutes is just proof and testament that so many of the cliches that we hear around business and leadership so many of the the memes we see on social media are, are just so true right kind of my takeaway thought from what you said was look after the people uh, and the results whatever the results might be will will take take care of themselves absolutely you wouldn't you'll never bring everybody along let me tell you that as well there's another lesson you, you there's some people that yeah, they'll still be unhappy about something. And I think as a leader, you need to accept that as well, that you can you can win most, but perhaps not all. Um, and, and a lot of these comments, they are a bit sort of cliched, but if you can say them authentically, having lived them and doing them every day, and that's who you are, yeah, you don't just learn them and be them as a process. Love it. Wonderful, wonderful practical tips. Thank you so much, Shona. Thank you very much. There you have it, folks. Our very first medley episode. I hope you enjoyed this new, short, uber-focused episode and format to the show. But most importantly, I hope it proves useful for you. As I said at the start of the episode, folks, please do share your feedback with me either on social media or you can send it directly to me via email to chat at ben-morton.com. And do please also feel free to suggest any good ideas for titles for this new format of the show. And one final thing before you go. At the end of 2020, I launched a brand new free leadership course that tackles some of the most common questions or leadership challenges that I get asked about. It's called the 10 for 10 leadership program simply because it consists of 10 minutes of content for 10 weeks delivered directly into your inbox via email. Each email consists of a written tip or idea, a curated podcast episode, a relevant book recommendation and a video from me sharing either a quick tip or setting you a particular challenge based on the content that I've sent you that week. If this sounds like something you'll get value from, which I'm confident you will, by the way, simply click on the 10 for 10 link in the show notes to get started. So that's it for this episode, folks. I hope it's been useful. Take care, see you soon, and lead on.